Hey guys, welcome along to a new episode of Skim Me Up Body. I am your host, Rodney Stewart. We're getting into our little chat about uh, Star Trek Picard Season 1. And uh, I was stupidly excited for this series and I really did enjoy it when it came out. And I do have to say before we go on to the reviews on Season 1 of Picard, these were episodes that I had in an older YouTube channel uh, that were uploaded literally the day the episode was released so you know you may hear some things on here that are you know maybe not bit, well, let's just say it was a bit time sensitive at the time and uh, seeing these episodes without any knowledge of what was coming after that episode so sit back relax and I hope you enjoy this little chat about Stardust City Rag Legends Season 1 Episode 5 Stardust City Rag This episode was worth the wait uh, I am so happy that this series is coming out on a weekly basis because if they had have dropped this entire season in the one lump Numbnuts here would not be at work for at least a week this would be a, a, a series I just could not set down so the fact that they're forcing me to wait week for a week loving that at the minute and this was worth the wait it really was at the end of episode four of course we know seven of nine turned up and i said in the last review that you know that one line that she delivered was so different from the seven of nine we remembered from star trek voyager because in the last couple of episodes in the final season she just got rid of her well pretty much the penultimate episode of memory serves she got her emotional inhibitor removed so obviously in this series we're going to get a more emotional seven of nine and i was not oh gosh that was so good <laughs> i was not disappointed in the slightest i was shocked at the opening scene of this episode to be fair and again spoilers if you are still hanging about at this stage this is going to be something that you need to see in the episode without a clown like me destroying it for you on the internet it opens up to a very graphics probably one of the most graphic scenes that i can recall in star trek history there's a lot of blood in this scene there's a guy very familiar looking being tormented essentially and he's getting an eyeball ripped out of his head and uh, when the eyeball is pulled from the socket you can see that there's like metal wires coming from the the eye and the doctor whoever this tormentor is cuts them and throws the eye into a tray and she asks you know, where's your cortical node uh it has to be here somewhere and she's just about to drill under his forehead and you hear this ruckus in the background phaser fire and the doctor calls out for bejazel before she is shot and killed and of course we see seven and nine this is the scene is a bit of a flashback to earlier and her story arc in this series and she comes to the guy's rescue and 
you know, watching it myself, I was kind of like, this dude's face is pretty familiar, but I just can't place him. And uh, it turns out to be Echeb from Voyager. And if you know Voyager, if you know the history of Star Trek, Echeb uh, was found in the Delta Quadrant by Voyager and liberated from the Borg Collective, just like Seven of Nine was. And it became her job to try and, you know, reintroduce these children back to humanity again. So these, Echeb and the other, I think there was only four kids on Voyager, became like her children. And at this point in this episode of Picard, you know, Echeb is dying basically and we get to see the, the first for the first time the full extent of seven of nine's emotions and she's like you know she's and bits seeing him i guess and she's like i'm gonna stay with you and he's basically he's dying and he's like no no please help me sort of the thing so she she hugs him close and she brings up her phaser you can hear it charging up and she's like uh I'm so sorry, my child whispers it in his ear and kills him. Stunning scene to start this episode off. As I say, came as a huge shock to me. The last thing I expected to happen watching this series is him to go on dead, like deep cut Star Trek like that there to bring a character like each head back again and have Seven of Nine put in the position where she has to kill him to be merciful unbelievable and that's only like i've spent like five plus minutes here talking about that there that, that is basically only the first couple of minutes of this episode oh uh we see around the room and there's you know the, the carcasses of borg hanging about and uh Yes, we cut to Free Cloud where we finally get to meet Bruce Maddox. Uh, he meets with a woman called Bejazel. So we've heard that name already in the episode. The, the Doctor, the Tormentor, whatever that woman was, called out Bejazel's name before she was killed by Seven of Nine. Uh, the, um, Bruce tells Bejazel that he's been in hiding after his lab and his work was destroyed by whom he assumes to be the Tal Shiar. Uh, turns out Maddox was in debt to Bejazel, who was helping him fund his work. So she is kind of like a, a gangster sort of a character in this episode, in this universe. She's like a godfather type of character, or a godmother, if you will. Uh, she gives Maddox a drink that knocks him unconscious. Though at this point in the episode, you think that she's poisoned him and killed him. But spoilers, again, he comes back later in the episode. Uh, we're only hitting the intro of the episode here, so I'm going to be very, very tight on this review, just to keep it short. Uh, basically, we had a big scene between Picard and Seven at the beginning of the episode. and You know, he offers her a drink. She asks for bourbon, straight up. And, you know... Again, if you know Deep Cut Star Trek, you know, Seven of Nine, 
was assimilated by the Borg whenever she was a small child. So like all things human, like even eating solid foods and whatnot at one point was a huge challenge for her to do that sort of thing, you know, and drinking all that sort of stuff. So now when we meet her at this point, what, twenty years? Probably twenty close to twenty years after the Voyager series finished, she's fully you know, doing everything a human does and like drinking bourbon straight. So big change for the character and, you know, Picard falls her in the mission, what he's doing, what he's out there, trying to find this other human synthetic that's, you know, the child of Data, basically. And, you know, Seven, she's pretty dismissive of him being out there and she's... Kind of cut ties with the Federation and everything. Everything that's happened with the attacks on Mars and Federation pulling out of the relief efforts with the the Romulans and you know the whole uh, neutral zone collapse and everything. She got caught up in the the aftermath of trying to hold things together whenever the Federation turned their backs and ran, basically. So she's quite dismissive of a lot of things and this uh, turns out she's now a member of a group called the Venice Rangers and Picard you know he looks at her like she's a vigilante basically and you know uh, because her ship got destroyed saving his you know she's, she says you know free cloud will be good enough drop me off there do your own thing uh, but you know Picard, of course, has told her that someone's in help. It's going to die if he doesn't step in, referring to Soji, the sister of Daj. And Seven of Nine decides she's going to help him out. So uh, while that's all happening, Rafi and Rios, they're discussing Picard and Seven. And Rafi uh, tells him that, you know, Seven of Nine used to be a Borg, the same as Picard. Just to reinforce to him and the audience that don't know the history of Star Trek, you know, a lot of people are only getting into Star Trek now, won't know of Picard's past with the Borg once he was assimilated and whatnot. So, him and Seven have that same connection in this series. So, there's a lot of little things like that in this episode. You know, they're they're catering towards the new viewer, not just the the old school people that loved this crap as a kid and. Yes, uh, we cut over to Agnes Girati. She's in her quarters. She's watching like home movies on her her little hollow display thing, and we discover that her Bruce Maddox were romantically involved at one point. Uh, she is going to be an incredibly interesting character in this series. We find that out before the end of this one. Basically, this ends up. This episode ends up in, you know, the crew trying to get Maddox away from, what's her face? I can't remember her name now. Let me just check my notes here. Uh, but Jezel. Uh, so they get a plan sorted out. They're going to use uh, Seven of Nine and a bid to trade her for Maddox. There's history between... Seven of Nine and Bejazel that Picard 
doesn't know about but but Jezel's thing is she deals in Borg parts and that's what was happening at the beginning of the episode uh, each head was getting pretty much just dissected for his Borg technology and these guys were going to sell it on the black market and whatnot and uh, Seven tells Picard, you know, use me as in trade for Maddox, and that's going to be the, you know, like they're not going to trade her, but they're going to try and, you know, bluff their way through the whole thing. But when the trade takes place, we discover that Seven and Big Hazel have a history, they know each other, sort of a thing, and it all comes out that uh, Big Hazel at one point was posing as someone that was trying to help whenever the Romulans were being relocated and whatnot and the ship that each head was on got a distress call and when they went to answer it was actually a trap to catch him and the only reason Bajazel knew of each head was because of Seven of Nine so this is a revenge mission for seven she's out for blood in this episode and uh brilliantly done I have to say now picard is having a heck of a lot of fun in this episode you know patrick stewart himself you know he's he's posing as this criminal overlord sort of a thing that you know it's like i've captured this borg and i'm gonna sell it to you and he's got into the whole over-the-top French accent sort of thing and he's hamming it up in this episode in a major way but when everything comes out uh, Picard slips back into the Picard we all know he's not happy that Seven has basically stabbed him in the back here and uh, yes there's a back and forth between Seven of Nine Picard you know he's like you know revenge isn't going to get you anywhere like you've had your humanity restored to you don't be thrown away like this and that's something that I love about Star Trek is you know they always try to push the right thing to do so at this point in the episode Seven has got the upper hand on Bejazel and her people Picard and has a gripper there and Bejazel offers them a new deal you know I'll give you Maddox if you spare my life sort of a thing and Seven even though she's in full vigilante mode here she's not forgotten the lessons that she has learned from her days on Voyager and the Federation and whatnot and she still wants to do the right thing and she tells Picard you know get your group out of here uh, but you know basically it works out that she goes with them along with Maddox they get back to the ship but uh, she decides that she's going to leave tells Picard that there is a ship been sent for the Rangers for her should be there soon but she asks for two of the phaser rifles from the ship like she's you know you notice like a vigilante they can always use more weapons Picard that's okay sort of a thing and they have a little moment between themselves before she leaves 
and she asks, you know, she asks Picard, you know, when you came back from your time in the collective, do you think that you had your humanity restored to you? And Picard simply says, yes. And Seven is like, all of it? Picard's like, no. But we're working on it every day, aren't we? And uh, she's like, every day of my life. Which is a beautiful moment between the two characters. And, you know, a mix. Real sense that they would follow this in the storyline, put these two characters together. That up to this point were never on screen together. They were never in the same series together. And, you know, something that I never thought would have happened. Like, I never... Like, you know, we even when this series started and I discovered Seven of Nine was going to be a part of it, and like I didn't even, in my own mind, make this connection until I was watching it. But uh, it is a genuinely, genuinely great little scene between the two of them before she leaves. But she beams back into Bejazel's headquarters, which is basically like a casino planet they're on. And she opens fire on a few of the guards around Bejazel and everybody else runs from the room. People start beaming out and they get their face to face the final showdown sort of a thing. And Bejazel is like, you know, I was kind of surprised that you were going to risk your revenge and trying to save those people. And you were referring to Picard and the crew. And Seven is like, you know, Picard still thinks that there's room in the galaxy for mercy. I didn't want to disillusion him. And Bejazel takes her final vocal stab at Seven of Nine. She's like, you know, you know, some people need to have hope. You know, like you used to have before I took it from you, sort of a thing. So Seven of Nine is pretty much just going to do what she's going to do and she takes the final shot, kills her uh, doesn't just kill her, she actually just blows her apart with the the phaser guns and you know, Bejazel's guards storm the room the last we see of Seven of Nine in this episode is her shooting her way out basically and we cut back to the ship we get Maddox and the medical bay and he's telling Picard you know what's happened why he went into hiding the Tal Shiar attacked destroyed his lab and he refers to the mom VR or virtual reality you know the what I referred to in one of the previous episodes you know Soji did it Daj did it they got on like a Skype call with their mother and I was right it turns out that that's a program that he had written to look after them, to keep an eye on them. And he says, uh, you know, the mom AI wouldn't have activated them unless they were in serious, serious danger. That's what happened Daj in episode one. And hasn't happened Soji yet, but it could happen. And of course we do have Narek on the cube before. He's trying his hardest to avoid that happening, her being activated by the mom AI. But Maddox tells Picard he sent them, he gives Picard the the destination where Soji's at, the 
the one that Picard's looking for, and you know, she's on the board cube. I sent her there to try and find out the truth. The same reason why I sent Dash to Earth to try and find out the truth. And the truth is, um, there's a conspiracy going on with the whole ban on synthetics, you know, the whole synthetic life form research and everything. And Picard's like, you know, it's, it's the Romulans, and Maddox is, I think it's the Romulans. But I think the Federation may be involved as well. So at this point, uh, Agnes comes across to Picard and is she's like, you know, he's very unstable here. He needs some rest. And Picard says, okay, I'll leave you to it. He leaves. And uh, Agnes is left alone with Maddox. Uh, on the bridge, we get a quick little sequence between Picard and Rios. And, you know, they're talking about the board cube, you know, it's in Romulan space. We're going to have to go there. And Rios is like, are we going to talk about our stowaway? And Rafi has returned to the ship. That's a quick little thing I forgot to refer to in this review. There's a scene where Rafi leaves the ship. Uh, she's... In the previous episode, she was like, I'm only here to get a lift to free cloud, you're on your own after that. She left the ship at a point during this season, season, this episode, and went to meet her son, who is at the family planning clinic with his wife, and they're getting some tests done on their unborn child. And Rafi has an interaction with her son, and he's not happy seeing her, because she walked out on them over the whole, well, not over the whole Mars Attacks thing. Mars Attacks. That's a good film too. Uh, the whole attack on Mars and whatnot. And, you know, she's like, you know, I'm clean. Over the last 14 years, she went and she was living on her own on Earth. And she kind of got a drink, drug problem sort of thing. But she's cleaning up her act now. She's trying to, you know get everything back on track and meeting her son, trying to build that connection with him as a part of her plan, but you know, he at this point doesn't seem to want anything to do with her, tells her to leave and whatnot. One thing I did pick up on when I was talking about, you know, the attack on Mars and what happened and her conspiracy theories about the the Romulans, the Talashi are and all that sort of stuff. He refers to the conclave of eight which happens very quickly in that conversation because it's very steamed conversation between him and his more. It's more of a confrontation sort of thing. You know, he's not happy about her walking out on the family. You know, we were important too. Why was, you know, everything else, you know, the attacks on Mars, the Federation, why was that more important than your own flesh and blood, more or less? And that's something that I need to keep in mind. Conclave of Eight could be something that'll pop up in this series could be bigger than what it may, what it is. It, it felt like a a breadcrumb been dropped and this one's like, mm, keep your eye on that sort of thing. So it doesn't work out for Anna's son. He leaves, uh, she returns to the ship. Uh, at the end of the episode, Picard knows she's there, uh, goes to the quarters, knocks at the door and she says, leave me alone. Picard smiles and like, welcome back. And uh, yes, again, it's going to be very interesting to see the relationship between Rafi and Picard 
because uh, again, she's on she's on a close close enough basis with him that she's calling him JL, not John Luke, not Admiral JL. It's a very personal thing, and again, the character of Picard. That doesn't happen often. Um, yes, at the end of the episode we get a, a scene in the medical bay with Agnes and uh, Maddox and he wakes up, looks at her and he's like, I'm, you know, I never thought I would see you again, sort of a thing. And Agnes is very upset, something's not right. And I should say, before we finish off this review, I did say that Agnes Girati was kind of coming across as a very comic relief sort of a character, especially whenever she got onto the ship. Uh, she's had a few run-ins with the emergency medical hologram that have been pretty funny. Even at the start of this episode, there's a few parts where... You know, she comes across as a bit of, you know, not a clown, but she's like the, the fish out of water sort of thing. And, you know, she doesn't really fit in. Um, something usually happens that's, you know, compared to everything else that's going on, is pretty light-hearted. Um, there's a point in this episode where she was on transporter control to get the team back from the surface to the ship. And she was getting so worked up about having to transport the people back at the, the EMH kept appearing. And she kept having to turn him off. And it was, you know, a little bit of light-hearted fun. And that pops up again in this final scene. But it's darker this time. Because when Maddox wakes up and he asks, you know, did you meet Daj? And she's like, no. And he's like, you know, they're, we finally did it. They're perfect. They're perfectly imperfect, you know, the, the whole human synthetic thing, the human cyborg. Uh, what he's been working towards his whole life, what Dr. Soong started, uh, that's a nice deep cut as well. They refers to the scientist that created data. Your son, me, and you, referring to Gerardi, you know, your, your work was key to getting this done. And she's like, that's one more thing I'm going to have to make penance for. And he looks confused. And at this point, she basically turns off life support on him. And then the EMH appears, realizing that her, you know, her medical stats, you know, he can read when someone's not, when something's wrong with someone, he'll appear automatically, try to give them medical attention. And again, he appears because she's got herself worked up. And she's saying, you know, I wish I didn't know what I knew. I wish you knew what I know. And I wish they didn't tell me, sort of thing. And she, there's no answers given at the end of this episode. But of course, the only thing I can think of from what we've seen so far is when Starfleet Security came to see her on Earth, they've given her some sort of info that's led her to making this decision to terminate life support on Maddox. And, uh, yes, it's a very involved storyline, to say the very least. Maddox dies at the end of this episode, and we cut to the credits. So, an interesting, interesting episode all around. Seven of Nine, again, was the highlight of this episode. Her 
seeing her as a fully developed emotional human at this point something we didn't see in Voyager and you know I wish Voyager had it continued on a little bit longer than what it did part of me I can't remember why Voyager finished when it did I can't remember the details on the finish of that episode or that series because there was a huge writer strike in America at one point and there's a lot of shows fell because of that and I think Voyager might have been one of them if it wasn't I'm trying to remember it's just literally doing this review it's just coming back to me now I can't recall Voyager was one of the victims of it or if it was Star Trek Enterprise it was one of the two thinking about it now part of me wants to say it was Enterprise that had to be cancelled and it had got probably one of the worst endings in Star Trek history but uh Mm, so so good guys if you haven't seen this episode go and check it out ASAP this has been a production of Coins Edge Media thank you so much for listening